Religiosanity, episode... 75. Oh, uh, with a little more energy. No, because it is serious, <laughs> Peter. I'm really now serious and seriously worried. Okay, what's on your mind? Uh, yesterday there was uh, the first day of public hearings uh, on that uh, Mississippi uh, oh, case God, in yeah. front of the Supreme Court. And one specific uh, line of questioning uh, got me really, I must say, almost mad. And that was, of course, coming from no one else but our old, uh, well-known uh, person about whom we did the prior episode. Uh, and that is Amy Connie Barrett. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, who, who, whose line was... Uh, that adoption services should nullify the need for abortions by removing uh, any burdens of forced parenting, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know where to start. Uh, it, it shows that uh, she is... One would expect that she is better oriented in the world yeah. and, 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 and more knowledgeable. Modern Be history, just modern history, not not the, the history, but modern history here, because yeah. you know one, it's thirty years now since uh, the collapse of uh, Romanian regime or yeah. collapse of communism in uh, Central and Eastern Europe. And one thing which is until now seared into my mind. It are those horrendous images coming from Romanian orphanages. Yes. And, and you need to understand that in Romania, Ceausescu uh, wanted to make Romanian nation populous and strong while depriving them of all the benefits of modern society, I would say. And uh, so he outlawed uh, he literally, as a communist, outlawed uh, abortions and said, oh, we will put them into orphanages. You should see those pictures, those deprived children, those poor devils. It, it is just huddling together on one uh, bed mm -hmm. in cold rooms, in rags. This is an alternative. Yeah. This is what state can do. Of course, you know, charities step in and it was like a spasm within the whole Europe. How is it even possible that something like that is happening mm -hmm. uh, uh, to children in, in Europe? In our modern times. In our mean. modern times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, of course, it is an extreme example and a, co a complete collapse of that uh, made up system right. there right. And, right. and civil war short but still you know yeah. bloody with which ensued and and and, and collapse of, of the society there uh, but you know that is like an exaggerated example but if you think that uh, the this solution is solution uh, which will foster uh, healthy yeah, yeah. 
or just to say it without referencing that you like you you almost have to say and of course it won't be like that like it's it's because it's so close in time but, to now but it unfortunately it will be yeah you, you, yeah you know because some version uh, yes. uh, you, you, you know there it is going to happen in the bible belt in appalachia oh, yeah. in, in in west virginia <laughs> You yeah. know, in, in rural Alabama, or you know the uh, Florida Panhandle, yeah. because you have some relatives there. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you know how it looks. Or, and those are the seeds where they are trying most to put it in place. Right. I, I've been in a deprived area also, you know, in upstate New York, in certain areas of my parish, or yeah. when I traveled to another places. Uh, I occasionally visited homes which I thought it were almost impossible. It was like from the time of Great Depression, because they did not have glass in windows. They had sheets of plastic yeah. in windows. Or uh, while hiking in the woods in upstate New York, I came across these uh, lost trailer homes yeah. in the middle of the woods, you know, surrounded by racks of cars and rubbish all over, or uh, gutted homes by making crystal meth, yeah. by fire, you know, destroyed. And those are all the seeds where, from which they are deriving their conservative power. And, and you know what will be the result? This callousness, insensitivity, yeah, uh, is is just heartbreaking. The really uh, upsetting thing is that if you if you pushed somebody in those areas that is for abortion to be outlawed, and you told them about this, they would say, "Well, at least those people, those children, are still alive." Because they would be dead if they were aborted. Can you talk about what you would say to that person? That's a wrong-led argument. I want to go back and say that it is well-documented. It's well-documented that if you outlaw abortions, they would not stop happening. Mm. Of course not. It's like with prohibition. Right. You, you know, they thought that if they outlaw alcohol, alcohol would suddenly disappear. <laughs> of course not. It, they only driven it underground. They made it much worse. They fostered mafia and all horrible mischief. And, and the same thing would happen with illegal abortions. And it'll be even worse because if you have illegal abortions, of course, you will have, uh, uh, you will have unsanitary places where it is being provided and, and, and so on. You will have more dying mothers and their fetuses, right. frankly. And it's always better to keep it above the uh, above the ground not pressing it underground and and say giving it some uh boundaries like we have 
yeah. you know, reasonable boundaries rather than the, the more tightly you regulate it, the bigger there is a pressure to go underground, to do it illegally and, and so on. And, and, and it'll continue filling our prisons with, with desperate mothers, with those who are trying to help them. Uh, that, that whole vigilante law in Texas, that's the other thing, yeah. you know, who knows what will be the result of that. Even if you are helping those who desperately need help from another state, you might be persona non grata in Texas, or if you cross the borders to Texas, uh, who knows, you might get jailed <laughs> if yeah. they have their wits together and they can yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, understand. You know, that, that's one of the scary uh, interpretations of it. And, and it is further driving wedge in between more progressive and more conservative states. And, and so on and so forth. But that's the politics. I, I want to return back to uh, the spiritual and religious or theological uh, understanding, or at least partly, and that is that paying attention to a plight of mothers, paying attention to those who are trying to help them, paying attention to sociology or study of those phenomena is, is important. And that has been for the federal funding, not allowed. That was taken away. So, you know, there could be more solid evidence to, to understand the whole phenomenon. Yeah. Anecdotally, of course, and from a different society, but opening up of my original homeland society in Czech Republic after the collapse of communism, substantially driven down the number of abortions. Mm. Under communism, it was legal. And it was constantly growing, the number of abortions. But then came collapse of communism. The society opened. Young people had future in front of them suddenly. They could start traveling, they could pursue their careers, they yeah. could study, uh, and, and so on. And it had almost instant impact on, on the number of abortions. It went down like a miracle, mm. simply by giving people future. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that is my interpretation yeah. of it. Uh, and uh, I mentioned Romania. That is even a clear example because Ceausescu outlawed abortions. He wanted to have more Romanians, you know, maybe for his army or who knows how, you know, what kind of strange logic there was behind it. And uh, shortly after the collapse of communism there, they made it legal. And yes, there was a spike of abortions like because I, I think that that was just those which uh, were suddenly accounted for yeah yeah you know those yeah. were which were originally invisible to yes. statistics or something like that so there was a spike but as uh, it became legal but also with it came 
all availability of contraception and everything. Again, it went down like like plummeting. Mm. And and that that's another example that if you want to make abortions less prevalent, you actually need to make them legal. If you want to limit the harm within the broader society, you make abortions legal. That, that's the main message. And that is a regular observation around right. the world. Right. And, and what really hurts me as a an, as an Christian and theologian is this, uh, that this, I think it is subliminal sadism of these people mm. is hiding behind Christian phrases. Mm. I, I don't find there anything specifically Christian in all of it. Mm. They just want to be nasty to other people. Yeah without really thoroughly understanding and making lives of others, especially poor people, more miserable. Mm. And uh, there is nothing Christian about it. For the record, I just want to hear what you would say if somebody said to you, how could you be a pastor how could you have Christ in the center of your life and, quote, not be for life? Oh, I am for life. Tell me. Yeah, I am for life. But my definition of life is broader than their definition of life. Uh, their definition being pro-life is exactly what I just described, that they have this sadistic urge to uh, persecute mostly young women, sometimes middle-aged or older women, who got into a difficult situation. There is nothing pro-life for me in it. Pro-life means making it safer for those women, making more options available, showing us that they have top-notch run adoption services if they are talking about it this way I I would like to see it I I'm not seeing that they they do really care about uh, mm -hmm. those children in the lost valleys of West Virginia that they have sensible pro-life approach to drug addicts mm in Appalachia, that they care for their African-American neighbors in Alabama. If they show me that they are this way pro-life, then I will believe them that they are pro-life as they are saying. But no, this is just a sadistic ploy, bigoted sadistic ploy. And I am not buying it. I want that 
to that pro-life be then much broader. Mm-hmm. And they are the, these are the people who are against, for instance, National Health Service. So if you are pro-life, be also pro-life of National Health Service. Mm-hmm. And show me that you support, for instance, mandates of vaccines because that is also pro-life yes and that you start curtailing uh, our agro-business which is poisoning especially poor ones and that you will by by providing junk food really for those who are most vulnerable and making them obese and sick and then without health insurance dying so all these are things which i would consider to be pro-life and i don't see it i see exactly opposite they pick up one cherry they are putting it there they are saying they are pro-life yeah and in all these other areas and i can continue you know, including militarism. What kind of pro-life that is? Yeah. That's a business of killing people. And exporting it around the world. So, gun lobby, another, you know, and and it is is just uh, a conglomeration of all of that. And, And, you know, just look at it from, take few steps back. Try to think as a person who is not American, who is coming like an alien to America, or say from Australia or New Zealand or from Europe or from anywhere else, you know, and coming here and looking at the full picture. And you tell me that these people are pro-life. I don't believe you. You know, being still having some back roots in in European culture. I I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I find it actually offensive to call it pro-life. Right. Right. And don't you also believe that one can be anti-abortion and still fight fervently for women to have access to abortion. Yeah. To 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 large extent that's me. That's me too. You, you, you know, I, I think that it is uh sad or it is tragedy and nobody uh, wants to do it. Uh, of course not. Of course not. But if if that happens, let it be legal and safe rather than illegal and smuggled and uh, uh, people being put in prison for it and losing their lives or horrendous injuries. Yeah. Just... uh, If you really go to bed at night crying about the death of unborn children and you want to stop it, you cannot be for making abortion illegal. Yeah. You're going about it the wrong way. 
No, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best way to fight abortion is to make it legal, to get clinics everywhere. Yes. Uh, having more education on all levels about contraception yes. in the schools, starting from middle school going onward. And, uh, of course, uh, tailored for the, the age of the children and how much they can uh, understand. But, but really, you know, having as open society about it as, as possible. Making it legal, providing enough contraception and this kind of education to everyone. That is the best way of fighting it. Having a universal health care is another dimension of that. Yeah. And making this part of the universal health care and not giving different employers right to actually cut this out. Reproductive health clinics should be in, in every county seat, at least. Wait, can we end like this? What? What is going to happen in your church if if the nightmare happens and abortion is is illegal again? What, what how how is your church, which is a very um, progressive and very uh, activist church, mm -hmm. what w w will you go into a, almost like a um, um, a stance of uh, like a wartime stance. I mean, you could, I mean, like this is going to be. Um... We are Presbyterian church, so uh, minister has uh, only certain voice in these matters. I cannot speak for all elders uh, who will be driving this uh, action. I, I, one would hope that we will take some action. Uh, it needs to be also correctly understood. This is a federal law and it will change the federal situation. It will give a license to some conservative states to do their worst. We are in New York State which is different. So immediate impact on my parishioners, my neighbors or people in our state will be most likely minimal. The same in the next door state of Connecticut, the same thing in next door state of New Jersey. I'm not expecting major changes there. But we will certainly look into, or I personally would look into, how we can help those who are in the not as lucky places and perhaps organize uh, Underground Railroad yeah. uh, for, for those who need help, for instance. But that's just one of the one of the thoughts. Uh, figure, figuring out really, you know, how how to fight with this 
American unreason, I call it. But it is not only American, you know, but it is somehow in this specific area and merged with Christianity yes. is more pronounced in America. You know, you have similar unreason in Germany, you have similar unreason in Great Britain, you have similar unreason all over the world. But what makes it really concerning for me as as, as Christian and as a pastor is that in America, for whichever reason, it's more tightly connected with, uh, with Christianity. And it is tainting Christianity. Yes. And that makes me really worried and, and concerned. Because it misrepresents what Christianity really is. I'm starting to call them pseudo-Christians. What, what they really are, are bigoted obscurantists, you know, driven by some urges which are dark. Yeah, that's how I see it, and, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you speaking up about it here and not being afraid to talk about this, because it is a touchy issue for a lot of people. And, but we need this because this is what we need. This is part of religious sanity. Yeah, yeah. The religious sanity make make religion sane. You know, <laughs> don't allow it to be misappropriated. Here it is being appropriated, or even better, misappropriated, which makes it a little even stronger. It's the same meaning, but yeah. you know, it's being stolen from us. Yes. yes. To to to. F bring forward these destructive urges of, of some people. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>